feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Some shocking new numbers coming from the U.S. border. And I want to hear from you tonight on the Rita Cosby Show your thoughts about the fact that the president of the United States, who's going to be in Saudi Arabia shortly with a tin cup begging for oil, asking them, please produce, please produce, because I basically blew up energy independence in America. So thank you, President Biden. But he meets with the Mexican president earlier this week. And I finally thought, okay, well, look, maybe something finally will get accomplished between these two guys. Maybe finally this president, our president, will focus on the border because Mexico is thrilled that they have, I think, a easy president to deal with on the border. Like, let's just shift everything up north. No big deal. Let's shift the, uh, you know, the migrants. Let's shift the drugs. Let's shift the cartels. He's happy that the border is an open border, sadly, even though the president doesn't want to admit that. But nothing really got accomplished. And boy, what a missed opportunity for this president over and over and over again. He does not want to focus on our southern border. And to me, it's outrageous. That is a huge dereliction of duty. As the American president, his first responsibility is to protect the homeland. And yet, he does not seem to care about our southern border. Doesn't he want to draw any attention to it? I'm going to talk about a case that he discussed this week about a 10-year-old girl turns out to be an illegal immigrant who is behind it. And now suddenly you don't hear the story anymore because it doesn't fit the president's narrative or it doesn't fit the mainstream media's narrative. And to me, it is outrageous, but it's indicative also of what's happening when you have an open border. There already have been in the last year 50 people on the terrorist watch list, 5-0 on the terrorist watch list that have come through this country. That's what we know of. So this is a really scary situation at a time where there are so many things going on in the world. we got the president in the Mideast. He's worried about Iran, uh, which he should be because of their, you know, soon to be maybe nuclear capability, which is really scary. You got that. He's going over to Saudi. He's dealing with everything with the dimensions of so many things overseas. Of course, Russia, Ukraine, China. The list goes on and on and on. And don't you think a lot of bad hombres... And bad mujeres may want to go through the border. You know, I mean, it's easy. It's like a big old neon sign come through our southern border. And today there were some really stunning numbers that came from Texas Governor Greg Abbott. I want to hear your thoughts as to how concerned are you about our southern border and how shocked are you that our president goes and meets face to face with the Mexican president who basically laughed at him this week, too. And right in front of our president, he made a joke and said, you know what, Uh, Americans basically come to Mexico to get cheap gas. A lot of Mexicans were going down there to get cheap prescriptions for medications. I don't blame them. And I wouldn't blame anybody who wants to cross the border to get gas. Because with gasoline prices right now in America, 
It's like, who wouldn't want to go wherever it's a lot cheaper? But right in front of our president, he was basically openly mocking our president, which to me is a sign of the way that the world perceives President Biden and the world perceives his weakness. And later on in the show, we're going to talk about the fact that it looks like President Trump is definitely going to be running in 2024. Uh, He is suggesting to a publication, it's just a question of exactly when he's going to announce. In one publication, he said, I'm planning to announce maybe right after the midterms or right before. Another one says that he may announce as early as September, which is right around the corner. And certainly President Trump and a lot of people smell weakness in this president, and they see what a mess America is, not just with our southern border, but with inflation and with so many problems going on in this country and the foreign policy. I mean, there are just so many issues And you can't blame him or anybody else saying, boy, this guy could be beat because even Democrats are looking for a backup right now and looking for anything that they could get as a Hail Mary. Do you blame them when people that are under the age of 20 are basically saying predominantly, it's almost like 18 percent of them are basically saying they would never want President Biden to run for reelection? That is a bad sign. It's like worse than Jimmy Carter numbers. So this is bad time stuff. And you wonder, how is this going to get any better? And you're like, why would you keep the border so open? I mean, that's what's so shocking, because I look back and I think part of the reason that I feel that President Trump in many ways also got elected were all those big caravans. Remember, we saw those images of those enormously long caravans that were coming up to the southern border to the U.S. side, you know, from Mexico coming in. And those images of those long, long trains of migrants, a lot of people said that's part of the reason they voted for President Trump, that that's part of the reason they wanted him in office. So what does President Biden do? He's doing nothing to stop the flow. And we're going to talk about some of these stunning numbers because Greg Abbott of Texas came out today. And boy, some of the numbers, not just of the illegal migrants, but of these massive fentanyl deaths, these deadly toxic use of fentanyl because people don't know what's in it. They get these drugs. It's laced with fentanyl. And what's happening is while our border guards, our border patrol agents who are outmanned uh, and overwhelmed are dealing with thousands upon thousands of migrants coming in like one section. Guess what happens? The cartels go in the other section and they're over there bringing in the drugs. So our border agents are busy trying to detain and then process. And because of this administration's policies, basically release these folks into the United States. And then the cartels are on the other side trying to bring in fentanyl and big time drugs. The cartels are going ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. They are making so much money. And it is really, really frightening. And a little bit ago today, Governor Abbott of Texas, who has been trying to do so much, he's basically said, you know what, this administration is doing nothing. We're going to try to do something. They're trying to at least bring them back to the border if they're found in part of his state. But this is what he had to say about the situation on the U.S. border and Biden's handling of it, which is a dereliction, I think, of his duty as president. Now, it's because of Washington's open border policies that deadly fentanyl is flooding the United States. Fentanyl does not derive from Texas or from the United States. 
It comes across the border from Mexico and is killing Texans and is getting worse. And then he also talked about some of these stunning border numbers that are coming. These are the China because China is basically bringing on the fentanyl, then coming through our border via the cartels. It's this big collusion between China and the Mexican cartels. And you should hear some of the stunning numbers that he released just a couple hours ago. And again, this is what's coming into our country on that open southern border. Fentanyl seizures by DPS have literally skyrocketed. Get these numbers in just a a one-year differential. In 2020, DPS seized about 70 pounds of fentanyl. One year later in 2021, they seized more than 964 pounds of fentanyl. That's more than a 1,000% increase in fentanyl seizures in just one year. And the number of lethal doses seized is almost enough to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States of America. That is stunning. Every man, woman, and child in America. And our president meets with the president of Mexico and doesn't say anything. It reminded me when he was on the phone with, remember, the president of China and somehow failed to talk about the virus, the coronavirus. And there he's meeting with the head of Mexico. And just think about how different that was when President Trump was in office. First of all, he was building the wall. He was talking directly to Mexico. He actually had a pretty good relationship with the president of Mexico. But the president of Mexico also understood where he stood. And he understood that his priority was protecting our country, you know, America first. And he basically said to him, listen, we are going to keep remain in Mexico. We want that to be in place. We're going to make sure that people who come in are vetted. And guess what? The numbers dropped exponentially. So this president doesn't seem to have the guts or the cojones, or the will, sadly, more importantly, or the gumption to want to address anything with Mexico. So this president of Mexico is thrilled with President Biden because he can just send whatever he wants up north. You guys take care of them. You guys do the education. You do the health care. You do all that. You take the fentanyl. It's not our problem. He's thrilled that he's got a pushover in President Biden. Here is Congresswoman, Congressman Mike McCall of Texas talking a lot about the cartels and the impact that it's having on his state. The border is controlled now by drug cartels making money off this. Um, and then China, believe it or not, is they're sending the precursors to make this stuff. Then they make money off that. At the same time, Killing and poisoning Americans. It's like the opium wars reversed. That's exactly we're China right. now. What a great foreign yeah. policy for China, right? And we're letting it happen. And this administration has let it happen. And he says that the Biden administration really created probably the biggest catastrophe maybe in American history. Take a listen. They're tone deaf. They're blind to the problem. Uh, Obrador is not helping. He's in, in, enabling the cartels to, to uh, export this into the United States to kill our children. My daughter, 25 years old, has been to five funerals now, oh fentanyl-related, and it's an absolute tragedy, and it needs to stop. And I'll end with, you know, Migrant Protection Protocol remain in Mexico. On day one, they rescind that, the biggest foreign policy failure of this administration. The biggest foreign policy failure of this administration. He believes there's a southern border more 
than what happened in Afghanistan. And boy, was that a failure. Boy, more than Russia saying, you know what, a minor incursion's no big problem. That says a lot about how serious this is of what's happening on our southern border and our president's doing nothing. And I think it's actually going to hurt him tremendously come November in the midterms. It is shocking to me that he's not even talking about fentanyl deaths. I mean, isn't that stunning? You've got the leading cause of death for Americans, age 18 to 45, and he is not even talking about it because if he talks about how serious fentanyl deaths are, then it draws attention to that open border, and he doesn't want that. So it's as if that problem doesn't even exist. To me, that is so tragic. Think about all the American lives that have been lost, all the lives also in Mexico, too, because so many people are coming across the border. They just see this as a free-for-all, and the drug cartels are doing enormous business, and this president wants to act like it's not even happening. And today, this was stunning. I was watching a report. It was on Fox News, and there was the host, my friend Martha McCallum, talking on the show, and you could see her face. She was like, uh, I'm so sorry. I think she was talking to Congressman Mike McCall at the time. She said, oh, I'm so sorry, Congressman McCall, because I'm watching these live images from the border. And I'm just watching like hundreds upon hundreds of people crossing the, the Rio Grande River as we're on the air. I mean, as you're watching it right there, it's like a stream. It's almost like a movie. They just don't care. They're just out there in the open, and they know this president has created this chaos. And to me, I think we will not only feel the repercussions immediately in this country because of President Biden's poor policies, we're going to feel this for generations to come. Shame on this president for turning a blind eye on American security. 1-800-848-9222. Two, two. Let's go to Larry on line four. Larry, your thoughts? Yeah, first of all, you got to understand, Rita, this country is being held at gunpoint. Biden was senile before he took office for the president. That's why he was not exposed during the campaign. You have to stand that. There are people running this country who are murdering people, and they don't care. And they're telling Biden that if you try to stop us in any way, okay, first of all, he can't. He's very feeble. But if you try... We will leave you alone to govern, and you will be humiliated in front of the whole country because he belongs, obviously, in a nursing home. Okay? I mean, this is, you know, they roll him on stage. So the country is being held at gunpoint. We have to find out who these people are. One of them is that Alexander Majorski, the the Homeland Security. Majorkis. Majorkis. You you, you gave him a Polish last name. Don't you put him with us, okay? Sorry, 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 (laughs) okay. And, and and also also behind the scenes, you got to understand. You got Kamala Harris. You got President Obama, who's probably really being very careful watching his P's and Q's. These people have an agenda. They're angry at this country for all the inequities, and they're willing to murder people. I'm telling you right now that Obama is active in murdering people with this with this with this drug policy. He doesn't. He's how do you think he's? Policy. How do you think he's murdering? Because that's a pretty strong comment. How do you? How do you? I mean, I. I agree that his policy was an open policy and Biden's is like a wide open policy. Um, But you think by ignoring it, is that why you believe he has blood on his hands? Well, he sees what's going on with the cartels and he's not 
And he's encouraging it to continue. He's saying we have to make this, probably saying we have to make this sacrifice. People are going to have to die to change this country. Every revolution, people have to die in every revolution. These are calculations not being made by Biden. No way is it being made by – in fact, a couple of times, you know, Biden spoke against the campaign policy. What was – I can't think of the example. It was There was a salient example that came to my mind that Biden uh, uh, rolled back the, uh, the policy of the, uh, of, the you Remain know, in of, Mexico, the Remain in of, Mexico. Of, and then he's pushing to still get Title 42. You know, the other thing, it's interesting, Larry, because you talk about uh, the whole issue, especially in terms of – you know, uh, the liberal world order, if you will. It's sort of like, okay, we'll just have to absorb this. I mean, there clearly is a master plan here because it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize how dangerous our U.S. border is, how obvious it is. And yet they sit there. I mean, I think about during the campaign, remember how uh, President Biden and even Obama during his campaign was like, Oh, you know, uh, it's not humane the way you're treating people. It's not it's not humane to have many of these people trafficked by cartels, because guess what? That's what's happening. A lot of them are being trafficked by cartels. There was a story the other day that came out from the FBI. I couldn't believe this, Larry, where they basically said that, you know, cartels are charging whatever it is. It could be five or ten thousand dollars to traffic somebody from Mexico or wherever to cross the border. And then guess what they do? They get to like Mexico, you know, they get to America, they get to Texas or Arizona or wherever, and they get there. And then suddenly the cartels try to like really go after these families. I feel so bad. Then they say, hey, by the way, I know you already paid the five or ten. You're going to have to pay another five or ten if you want them to be alive in America. I mean, these people are ruthless or we're going to kill your relative who just crossed the border. I mean, how is that humane? And how they is that humane? Have, it's an, it, Larry, real quick, your thoughts. They don't even have pity on the people that they're bringing in on the grounds that they're trying to improve their lives. They don't even have pity on them. Yeah, it is. It is so, so sad. And you're right. It is so hypocritical. Larry, thanks so much. We're going to continue, everybody, with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. There's no magic to the migrants crossing the border. All they got to do is say, hey, come here. President Biden's in charge. Oh, great. I'll just cross and nothing's going to happen to me because that is a repeated pattern. Everybody who has been running the border is astounded at how loose and open it is. And if you look at the images today, I was talking about it earlier. I was watching TV. I couldn't believe it. They were taking live pictures and it was like a stream of them coming and coming. It must have been hundreds of them coming live on TV. They don't care. Because, you know, they're like, great, if I get caught by the border agents, well, then they're just going to detain me. They're going to process me and then I'll just get released and maybe I won't appear for any court proceeding that if it even is going to happen, it's going to happen in a few years. What a sad situation and how dangerous that is. Later on, by the way, um, in this hour, I'm going to play some comments because I did a podcast with Mark Morgan, who used to be the commissioner under President Trump of the Customs and Border Protection. And I'll play it later on in the show. 
the comment that he said to me about how many dangerous people are crossing and how scary the situation really is for Americans. Also, by the way, later on in the show, um, I'm going to be giving a sad tribute to my friend, Ivana Trump. Um, It was an enormous loss today. Just a few hours ago, she suddenly passed. And um, I just put up on Twitter, by the way, a beautiful picture of the two of us together for a charity event that we did together. Um, We did a number of events together. She was just an amazing woman, an amazing businesswoman, an amazing mother, and also just an amazing friend, an amazing athlete. People don't realize that she was really a huge rock in that family and guided the kids, the Trump kids. And everybody always talks about, you know, uh, the Trump kids and on the campaign trail, um, just how eloquent they are um, and accomplished they are. And she was an enormous part of that as well. Um, Obviously, the former president, too. But it's amazing, her life story and her incredible story from communism coming to America. I did a rare interview with her, and I'm going to play that also as well. But taking your calls about the border after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we get to honor our brave men and women in law enforcement. Uh, Today, we also talk a little bit about baseball from San Francisco. Five months after Salinas, California, police officer Jorge Alvarado was fatally shot during a traffic stop, his life and service were honored at a sold-out San Francisco Giants game this week. Each year, the Oracle Park holds Law Enforcement Appreciation Night, and this year they invited the Salinas police to help honor Alvarado. He was one of nearly two dozen fallen officers honored at Oracle Park on Monday of this week. The police chief and also the department's honor unit all showed up to see Alvarado's name flash in big letters and his face on the stadium board during the pregame activities. More than 100 police officers from different departments hit their sirens and flashing lights for a powerful procession across the baseball diamond. Alvarado, a U.S. Army veteran as well, had served the Salinas Police Department for five years. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with him and everybody in the Salinas, California Police Department and, of course, law enforcement officers everywhere. It is a powerful reminder of the sacrifice that they all make to keep us safe. Well, speaking of law enforcement, there are so many different agents, border agents that are there at our U.S. southern border. And today there was a really powerful press conference with Texas Governor Greg Abbott, where he talked about some of these stunning numbers of the amount of drugs that have been taken across the border and also the amount of dangerous people, too, as well, that have come through because that border is wide open. Today, our president president had an opportunity to talk about it, didn't talk about it. This week, earlier this week, he had an opportunity, especially when he was with the Mexican president, didn't really get into it, at least publicly. He was like, yeah, well, we're sort of looking at things to talk about the border and talk about making life better. It was like he was so uninspiring. And you could just tell this is not a focus for him whatsoever. And what a tragedy it is for all of us in America because that border is so dangerous and nobody knows it better 
uh, than someone who I did a podcast with. We're going to put up the podcast tomorrow. As you guys all know, I do a big podcast every week. It's called Protecting America. And this week's guest was the former Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan. And Mark was not only Trump's uh, Border Patrol Commissioner for two years, he was also in the FBI for like 20 years. So he spent a lot of time on the front lines. And this is how he described some of these individuals that have crossed the border just in the last year alone. These, can, you know, not just drug dealers, these are terrorists as well. It's called the TSDB, the Terror Screening Database. It's actually kept by the FBI. What that means is is that there's derogatory information about that specific individual. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're a known terrorist, but at a minimum, we do have derogatory information that maybe this individual is connected to a terrorist organization or terrorist financing. It's horrible. It's bad. It's a national security vulnerability and threat. And as you said, this fiscal year alone, they have apprehended 50 Five zero illegal aliens on the FBI's terror screening database. In addition to that, they've also encountered and released a suspected terrorist, so-called accidentally, and took him two weeks to find the individual. And let's not forget, the FBI recently just prevented a terrorist attack that was planning to assassinate a former President Bush. And how were they going to accomplish that, Rita? They were going to smuggle in terrorists through the wide open southwest border. And as you said, that's just what we know about. That's just what we've prevented and apprehended. Let's go back to right now, 800,000 known gotaways. 800,000 illegal aliens have broken our southwest border and evaded apprehension and made their way to every town, city, and state. I think we can make, there's a strong case to say the next terrorist attack is already in the United States. That's frightening. So you believe they probably already got here, in other words, that it's so open that they're probably there planning, plotting, unfortunately. This is why I get so fired up. Why isn't every congressional member of Capitol Hill standing on the steps of the Capitol Hill demanding that this administration reverse course, secure our borders, and protect our national security? If not for just the fact we just had a terrorist attack prevented that was going to come through the southwest border, why is that alone not enough? First, a reverse course, secure a border. And we haven't even talked about the criminals among the 800,000, the rapists, the murderers, pedophiles, gang members. We haven't even talked about the drugs pouring across the southwest border, killing 100,000 Americans last year. I mean, we could go on and on, Peter. Well, you just heard how stunning is that, those numbers. That is an unbelievable amount. And what he just said is that the next terrorist attack is already here in America. In other words, he believes whoever is planning the next major attack on America has probably already gotten into the country, especially in the last year and a half since Biden has been president, because the border is that porous and it takes a while to plan. And you know that these people kind of keep coming through. They're trying to come through the border. There was that recent attack, remember, that was being planned on former President Bush and the guy was coming through the southern border. So case in point about how dangerous things are, and very interestingly enough that now suddenly this story has almost kind of disappeared. Do you remember earlier this week, President Biden's at the White House, and he is discussing, of course, his executive order. This was in the last week or so, and he was discussing his executive order about, you know, the whole Roe v. Wade decision. And he said, you know what? Um, There are so many dangerous things that happen as a result, he said, of the Supreme Court sending Roe v. Wade back to the states. 
And so we use as his example this case, which just shocked people because it's a horrible situation when you hear about a young child. Take a listen, and you'll remember this because a lot of people were talking about this. Just last week, it was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim in Ohio, 10 years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. That's last part is my judgment. Ten years old. Ten years old. Raped, six weeks pregnant, already traumatized, was forced to travel to another state. Imagine being that little girl. Just, I'm I'm serious, just imagine being that little girl. Ten years old. And by the way, um, it's not terminate the presidency, it's terminate the pregnancy. I mean, that's stunning that he couldn't even get out his own point there. But anyway, that's what he said. At first, uh, she tried to terminate the the presidency. A lot of us are hoping to terminate this presidency because, boy, it's been a disaster. So maybe he's speaking from the heart there. Who knows? Maybe it's, you know, I want to have somebody else run. Who knows? Anyway, um, so here is this horrible story that really is just terrible when you hear about it. And a lot of people were questioning, gosh, is this story true? You know, you hear about a 10-year-old girl who he claims had to cross from Ohio into Indiana because she was raped by somebody. I mean, that's just a horrible, horrible story to go get uh, an abortion because her life was at risk, um, medical reasons, and obviously a young child, and obviously a horrible situation. And he certainly used this story. And, you know, if you want to use you know, some people say he exploited it. I mean, left and right, he kept talking about it, talking about it. And a lot of people were saying, is this true? Did he make up the story to just kind of make a point because it just sounded so horrible and nobody knew. And in fact, the Ohio secretary of state came out and was like, I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything. If this really happened, whoever did this would have been charged. I mean, this is obviously it's a crime. It's rape uh, of a minor. I mean, my gosh, it doesn't get you know more horrible. Right. And there were no charges. So he was questioning the validity of it. A lot of people were questioning the validity of it and wondering, is there anything to this? Is this true or not? So there was a lot of investigating that went on. Well, lo and behold, sadly, it turns out that it is true. And it turns out that there was a young girl who was sadly abused. She was a 10-year-old girl. um, And she didn't sound like even had to go, by the way. Part of the Biden story where she claims she had to go or that he claims, I should say, because she hasn't said anything, obviously. But he claimed that she had to go across state lines from Ohio to Indiana because she couldn't have gotten the abortion in Ohio. That wouldn't have been true because he said it was for medical reasons. Under Ohio law, she could have gotten a medical exception for sure, a 10-year-old girl. So many people were saying that, first of all, that part isn't true. Turns out, by the way, she sadly was, though, however, raped. And guess who her rapist was? Because he was arrested yesterday. It turns out the rapist was a 27-year-old illegal immigrant by the name of Gerson Fuentes, who's now charged with raping that 10-year-old girl. And guess what? Now the media hasn't really said anything about it. All they've said was, okay, uh, Biden's story turns out to be true, and an Ohio man has been arrested for it. What about saying an illegal immigrant who was living in Ohio? I mean, to me, this is just sort of case in point. Again, he didn't come in just now, as it turned out. By the way, ironically, he came into this country seven years ago 
And it was during a time that Obama and Biden were in office. It was when, you know, first the headline was Biden not to blame. And then you could see, well, 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 oh, it turns out he was vice president at the time. It's like either way, much of the mainstream media is not drawing any attention to this, to the fact that this is an illegal immigrant. Most of them are, oh, an Ohio guy's been arrested and it validates Joe Biden's story. If anything, It should be an illegal immigrant. Don't you think that that matters to the story, guys? I think it matters tremendously. Don't you think that we should be putting it out there? Okay, an illegal immigrant did this. Remember that case of when the guy crossed the border in Mexico and went into Florida and committed a murder not long after he came through the country? You need to put it out there. You need to let people know why it is so terrible to have an open border. And the fact that this guy is an illegal immigrant and he's the one now behind this 10-year-old rape. I wonder if the media will ask him. I hope the next time that he comes before the press that the media in a news conference says, Mr. President, uh, you know your example of this 10-year-old girl. Sadly, it is true. But also, sadly, guess what? It turns out to be an illegal immigrant. Don't you think that that highlights the disaster that is your open border policy and the repercussions of what happens when someone has an open border? Do you think they'll have the guts to do that? They better, because this to me is so just indicative of the horrible, first of all, the double standards in the media, but also what's happening and the dangers at our southern border. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jacqueline on line one. Go ahead, Jacqueline, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know, I just wanted to comment. Uh, Larry, who was just talking about uh, blood being on Biden's hands for the murder of the people that are overdosing on these drugs, he is one million percent correct. Uh, because of fentanyl. Fentanyl is 80 to 100 times stronger than morphine. It is categorized as a poison. And I know you remember, because you spoke about this, in the month of April when that Border Patrol officer died, um, Army National Guardsman Bishop Evans, when he was trying to help those two struggling migrants. That's right. I remember that. I remember you and I talking about that. That's right, Jacqueline. Yeah, that was so sad. And then later it was confirmed that those two quote-unquote struggling migrants turned out to be part of a narcotics trafficking operation. And if we look at the information, this all goes back originally to the, to the Obama administration. China outlawed fentanyl because they knew it was a poison. But at that same time, China has been joining forces with the Mexican drug cartels to effectively kill United States Americans, because that's part of their overall plan. They hate us, and they're doing whatever they can to eliminate us. And Biden is allowing this to happen. Yeah, you know what? You are absolutely right. And the fact that it is coming at such a rapid pace across our border is frightening. In fact, uh, Jacqueline, I want to play a comment. This is Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, who talks about just how toxic and how deadly that fentanyl is. Take a listen. Two milligrams, like a couple grains of salt, can be fatal when it comes to fentanyl. So we talk about thousands and thousands of pounds. Just last month, there was enough fentanyl seized to kill the entire population of the state of Arizona. I mean, so this is why this is so important, because it's not only enriching the cartels, but it's putting American lives in danger. Really scary. And Jacqueline, too, also the DEA put out today... Uh, They showed pictures. It was in Inglewood, California, the biggest seizure of fentanyl ever. It was about a million fake pills laced with fentanyl 
with a street value of $20 million. They say it's the biggest fentanyl seizure in American history. And if you look at it, it's like it's like this huge pile. And when you know that such a little part is so potent, this is scary stuff. And the, why do you think our president is just so blindly ignoring it? Blindly. He just doesn't care. You know, all they are focused on is their evil, and I believe it truly is evil, all coming from the enemy, the guy with the uh, pitchfork and the long skinny tail. Um, He just cares about promoting the agenda, about killing innocent babies, uh, allowing the rainbow alphabet mafia to control everything. You know, they want to be God. They are playing God. They want to determine who lives and dies, when they can live and die, and people are no longer people. You are defined by what they want you to be defined as. Right, and what what political party, too. I mean, that's what, you know, because it's clearly, you know, an objective to get folks in who they think will be sympathetic to their party and at the cost of American security and and life of Americans. I mean, that it's I still go back. And Jacqueline, thank you for the call. Great call. But I also think about also, Jacqueline, too, the fact that during COVID, I mean, at the height of COVID and COVID is still with us, obviously, um, you know, we're still dealing with a, this new variant now, too, um, which is another point. What are they doing at the border to check them now? There's supposed to be this new variant out there that's more toxic and more contagious than ever. And are they screening people at the border? I doubt it. They weren't screening them through all of this. Remember, they were screening, you know, police officers. They were screening the military. They're still looking at kicking out people of the military if they didn't get a vaccine. But if you come through the border, we're not checking your criminal record and we're not checking you for vaccines. I mean, there are so many issues here. While they are being so micromanaging of the American public's lifestyle, what you say, what word you use, You know, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. And that border is wide open. If you're an illegal immigrant, you get a free pass, it seems like, at everything. Let's go to BJ, line seven. BJ, your thoughts. So uh, if uh, since Roe v. Wade was enacted, approximately 62 to 63 million babies were have been aborted, I would venture a guess less than one percent of them were were, uh, babies born to 10 year old mothers out of wedlock who couldn't go to a state where there was an uh, abortion laws that would uh, uh, oblige. You know, this is the misery that uh, the anecdotal misery that the Biden administration uh, 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 totally uh, uh, exploits to put forth their horrible agenda. Here's some facts. The facts where we were attacked in 2020 with a virus from an, an aggressor country, okay? That virus came out of the Wuhan labs. The fentanyl is coming out of the Wuhan labs. The fentanyl is another form of attack on our country, okay? Because we have a porous border, an almost non existent border. Okay, we have an administration that are doing nothing about this. In fact, they're punishing those who we've entrusted to protect our constitutional rights. They had uh, uh, they're they're, uh, uh, throwing uh, uh, border agents uh, to the wolves, so to speak, by punishing them for uh, less than politic photo ops. You know, I, I. I think uh, what we need to do in November is we need to have a red wave, take the House, take the Senate, and we need to think very harshly about uh, impeachment process because this country is going down fast from from leadership. 
Right. I and mean, by, and by the way, BJ, and BJ, thank you for the call because you always make such great points. I love your calls, BJ. You know, I'm thinking about, too, that, that they are already talking about that if they get the House, if Republicans get the House, that uh, they might first step might be Mayorkas in terms of the border. I mean, he's the Homeland Security. I mean, obviously, the president also has responsibility big time and Kamala Harris. But I mean, you could easily make the case that Mayorkas has neglected his principal duties. And to me, it is it is abominable. We're going to continue with everybody with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, I don't think President Biden is necessarily a sharp-dressed man. He's not not undapper, if that's a word. (laughs) I'm creating a word here. He does dress okay when he's with world leaders. Uh, But I would say a lot of people crossing the border, um, they come with literally nothing. I mean, you think about how difficult it is for them on their long trek, um, some of them with just the shirt on their back. And my hearts go out to them. America is the greatest country in the world, in the world. And I don't blame them for wanting to come here because it is the best country in the world. But we also have to protect our borders. And this president has been completely derelict on that. one 800 848 Let's go to David in North Carolina. David, your thoughts. Well, uh, Rita, I was, you told the people here, I don't know how long ago, about being at WBT out of Charlotte. Yep. I was there at WBTV. I love WBTV. Okay. Well, about a year ago, I talked to Brett Venable, who uh, filled in for Rush Limbaugh, I think, three different times, Monday through Friday, and then we do his show at 3 o'clock at WBT. <laughs> I, got a, I got some logic to this border, and it makes me sick to say this to you. The fentanyl, car fentanyl, killed my brother. It killed Prince, and I heard you tell people that you had talked to Prince? Yeah, I had met Prince years ago. I had met Prince. But you said you you said uh you just mentioned about your brother. Oh my gosh. Yes, ma'am. And then they found Tom uh, Tom Petty had it in his system right after because it took like two and a half years to say what Prince had in his because they were trying to get his private doctor. And then Tom Petty they found it in him, which I never liked. And then uh, they found a California Angels pitcher in his motel room uh, about two, three summers ago, like mid-20s. Couldn't understand why he, because uh, it took doesn't take about two or three months for an autopsy. Yeah, it, it uh, well, sometimes you can do some of them quicker than that. Um, it doesn't take that long. It just depends on how detailed it is. But And we just have a little bit of time, which is why I want to make sure I keep you focused. You mentioned, David, your brother, first of all, which, boy, my heart goes out to you when you just said that. Um so you know how dangerous it is. What's your message to President Biden? Well, here's my logic, as I said to Brent. And uh, Yeah, real quick, David, real quick. Okay. We need to go down to that border as uh, individuals, shoulder to shoulder, forget all this talk, and uh, basically keep people from coming across our border. you got four states that uh, are those borders 
and you, and you, but you know what's really sad? And uh, David, sorry that I got to cut you off because we're going to a hard break. But first of all, our thoughts and prayers with you and your family. I love WBTV, and let's pray for our country. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we've been talking about the crises at the border, and it really is a crisis. But sadly, that's one of many in the Biden administration. They got a lot of problems. They have hit a lot of historic numbers, including that huge inflation rate. Can you imagine? We just hit, in the last 24 hours, 9.1% inflation rate. That is the highest since November 1981. That is an astounding number. And now he's overseas. He's on his way to Saudi with a big old tin cup in his hand saying, you know what, please, please, please give me oil because I cut off energy independence in America. I basically stopped drilling in America. And now gas prices are hitting such huge rates that I got to go get oil from you, even though I called you a pariah state. It is just so embarrassing And it's just such a horrible foreign policy. So in the midst of all this, it is no surprise that there are a lot of people on the Democratic side and a lot of people on the Republican side saying that they may run for president and they may announce it soon. First off, here is Newt Gingrich talking about one record that President Biden has set. Take a listen. We haven't had a president this week this early, and Biden is sort of setting a record for that, uh, the 9.1% inflation rate number uh, by itself would drive Democrats and, and all Americans to think you needed change. And if you look at the number of weakness issues, people are just saying they don't feel like there's leadership. They feel like it's rudderless, and that is a huge, huge issue. Where do you think this president is most vulnerable. And do you think, first of all, that he's going to run again? I mean, it's amazing. He is still telling everybody he is planning to run for a second term. It's like, who is getting in his ear other than Jill Biden saying, you got to run again, honey. The rest of the country, it even seems like people in the White House don't want him to run. There's a story that came out just a few days ago, and it was in the New York Times, that they were so worried that the president was going to trip on things because they say he just feels aged. He feels addled. He feels like he is not able to kind of get out a word. We just said in the last hour in his big, big moment where he said terminate a pregnancy, he said terminate a presidency. I mean, it's like, in fact, let me play that again. This is the president's comment about that horrible story. This is the 10-year-old girl 
And I want to play it because just listen to his misspeak on a very important point. Take a listen. Just last week, it was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim in Ohio. 10 years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. That's last part is my judgment. 10 years old. 10 years old. Raped, six weeks pregnant, already traumatized, was forced to travel to another state. Imagine being that little girl. Just, I'm, I'm serious, just imagine being that little girl, 10 years old. To terminate the presidency. It's like, ah, uh, there's somebody there with like a card in the background going, oh, Mr. President, no, no, it's pregnancy. I mean, it's such a serious issue, too. And it's so distracting. And then you think about what he said when he was over in Poland and when he was over in other parts of in that European tour. Remember, it was like telling the troops in Poland and southern Poland, when you get to Ukraine soon, everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are they going in for a U.S. invasion? I mean, this is serious stuff. And it has become so bad that in the last week in particular, Democrats are saying, please do not run. And Newt Gingrich said there's no way. First of all, that he should run and no way that he would win. Take a listen. You just watch Biden and you know, you're, you're not going to, he's not going to win a second term. Uh, people are not going to watch him shuffling around, cognitively confused, not sure where he's standing, asking people what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, he's, it's getting worse, not better. And with Kamala Harris's laugh, she's not really a plausible replacement. So, There's going to be a vacuum. It's going to get worse pretty fast, Mm. and people are going to want to fill it. Yeah, big time. And cackles Kamala Harris is not the one. I mean, everybody's already said, okay, she's not ready for for that. So who's it going to be? And what do you make of the fact that Joe Biden, it's not just him. It's also many of the issues that are just all over the place. And that's what Molly Hemingway, conservative commentator, has to say about that. Many in corporate media are trying to control who the Democratic nominee is, like they did the last time around, and they're misdiagnosing the problem. Yes, Biden appears to be incompetent. He's done a very bad job as president. But his policies are really what are are plaguing Democrats and why they are suffering so much nationwide. And his policies are very popular within the Democrat Party, but not outside of the Democratic Party. And so just in the last day or two, some really interesting news. In an interview with New York Magazine, former President Donald Trump, who I've always felt was going to run again, suggested that he has decided to run for another presidential bid and is only just trying to consider when to launch his campaign. He basically said, quote, here it is. My big decision will be whether I go before or after the midterm elections. And in another recent interview, it basically said that he has already made his decision and that he is essentially looking at September, potentially, that it could come down to him announcing prior to because he's hoping that maybe if he jumps into the race in September, first off, he would be the first probably at that point. And then he could maybe help to rally supporters before the midterm elections, which would help Republicans hopefully retake control of Congress, is his thinking. What are your thoughts? First off, what do you make of the fact, again, President Trump 
telling New York Magazine that's a big deal. He's always kind of teased it. You see it in all these different rallies that he's done. He'll kind of say, you know, uh, when I run or when I do this. But to actually say my big decision will be whether I go before or after. That's not an if. That is a when. So what does that mean? First off, what's your reaction to the fact that it does look like that President Trump is going to run again, that he maybe is going to even announce it as early as September to have an impact on the midterms? And who do you think he's going to be running against? Is it going to be Joe or is Joe going to be trying to figure out the difference between pregnancy and presidency at that point? I'm not sure. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norman on line five. Uh, Norm, first of all, what do you make of the fact uh, that President Trump isn't saying if he's saying my decision will be whether I go before or after the midterms? I mean, midterms, that's not that far away. November, you know, no, 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 no. The MAGA king will run again. Um, I think also Biden, I I think that the Democrats are going to keep running him, even if he's on a respirator. I don't. I don't anticipate, uh, I don't know. Well, now they heard about Gavin Newsom. I don't know. They're trying to get Gavin Newsom into the fray somehow. But uh, as long as they cheat, uh, anything can happen. I mean, you know, we got months to go till November. <laughs> they're talking about They're talking about the preparation for uh, nuclear events here in New York City. Do I believe the Democrats are capable of... Uh, saying that some low-level radioactive event uh, has occurred just to keep us from to mail-in votings and us staying inside. Well, yes, wait, Norm, 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 mm-hmm. are you saying you think, I mean, by the way, it is odd, this whole, like, nuclear PSA that they put out is the most bizarre thing at a time like this right now, that they're suddenly putting out, uh, you know, the, the tips to how to handle a nuclear attack. Put out by New York City, by the way, everybody is just unbelievable. If you haven't seen the PSA, it's like running on New York stations. It's really wild. Um, so you're thinking that that what that if COVID didn't keep everybody in that uh, that they'll try to do something else, anything to kind of go to absentee ballots and some of the same sort of voting processes that happened in 2020. Yes, monkeypox, uh, new variants, and ultimately. Well, the best thing will be some sort of low. I mean, I don't think that they're going to actually uh, explode an ICBM. I mean, that would be kind of. Yeah, that would be I, that I would be a little rough. And, and listen, Norm, I hope to goodness that you're not right. Obviously, we all hope that you're not right. Um, but uh, that's an that's really interesting. I've been trying to make sense of why they did do this PSA ad. You know, I mean, it is the most bizarre thing. It's usually like, you know, hey, here's what you should do to wash your hands and keep your health clean. And then suddenly they put out a PSA, hey, should a nuclear attack happen? It's like, is there some intelligence that's out there that we don't know about? Uh, I mean, it, that's it's scary stuff. Norm, thank you very much. I always love your thoughts. By the way, Norm brought up uh, Gavin Newsom. And, of course, he's the current governor of California who loves the French Laundry restaurant. Remember, he was there having dinner when he told everybody else they shouldn't be eating out. And then they got he got caught on uh, remember, uh, there was pictures of him and all these other officials, state officials that were having dinner when they sh- were telling everybody else to stay home and have the masks on and the whole to do. Um, but anyway, Gavin Newsom, I actually agree with Norm that I think Gavin Newsom 
is eyeing. And I think the Democrats, I'm not convinced that they're going to wheel Joe out, uh, even on a respirator or anything, um, because I don't think they I think they're just looking at the tea leaves. I mean, they're just going, wait a minute, this guy. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to handle the rest of the term if he bows out. I, I mean, I think he's, they're going to try to obviously keep him in office for the rest of the term. But I think right after the midterms, I would not be surprised. And especially if the Democrats lose a bit in the midterms, suddenly you're going to see Gavin Newsom. You might see cackles, Kamala Harris. You might see uh, Pete Buttigieg out there. You might see Elizabeth Warren um, I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's a number of names out there. But here is a comment about Gavin Newsom, because how interesting. President Biden goes overseas. And guess who showed up at the White House in the last 24 hours? Gavin Newsom. This is Katie Pavlich on Fox News talking about that. Yesterday when I saw Gavin Newsom parading around outside with his jacket off in front of the West Wing, I just started laughing because I thought it was hilarious. Like so savage to be in the White House when President Biden is overseas, away from Washington. And there are ways to go into the White House discreetly. Yes. And he made sure that the people staked right. out at the West Wing saw him. He did the walk around. He walked near the cameras to make sure that everybody knew that he was there. And he's about to kick Biden when he's down. I mean, Joe Biden is the most unpopular president in the World War II, post-World War II era. He's in a lot of trouble. He can't go anywhere in terms of his agenda. When he says, I'm only one year into my my presidency, that's the point. That's, that's how bad it is in just one year. And Democrats are looking at this and saying, the time for 2024 is now. Yeah, and they're smelling that, boy, this president is going to bring down the whole party. So what's your reaction? How vulnerable is Biden? And what's your reaction to the fact that Trump is now telling New York Magazine he has made his big decision, and the big decision is whether he will announce before or after the midterms, not an if, but that he will announce. Boy, this is really interesting stuff. So probably Trump versus who? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Russ, line four from White Plains, New York. Go ahead, Russ. Hi, Rita. I think it shows Trump's weakness that he's even discussing announcing before the midterms because he's trying to consolidate what's slipping away. It's slipping away. Bannon used to say 100 seats for 100 years, then it was 60 seats for 60 years, and now people are talking about, well, the Democrats are going to lose a bit. I think the one person who can sweep away Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Michelle Obama. Ah, that's an interesting name. Now, now I have a couple questions for you. First off, I actually, I agree with you that she's wildly popular in the Democratic Party. I also, the one name I didn't mention also was Hillary Clinton. You can't rule her out because she still doesn't uh, believe that she lost in 2016. Remember, just like Stacey Abrams, who doesn't believe that she lost for governor of Georgia last time around. Um, but um, she's wildly popular, Michelle Obama. I was there actually on the convention floor when she spoke in 2016 and that was of course the time for hillary when she was nominated remember by the party and the crowd went crazy when michelle obama spoke i mean they went you're and i think she would be a force to be reckoned with don't you think no matter who would go against her if she would ever run oh well i think hillary is why we got donald trump i mean i voted for trump 
because I didn't want to see Hillary. Michelle Obama, a whole nother situation. She's an unknown quantity, and it would make sense that Barack maneuvered Biden, a weak person, to be there instead of Bernie, so that he could set up his wife, who now feels the country needs her more than ever. But I think Donald Trump, I think he should use this situation with Ivana to make him stop and assess his life and realize this is not the thing time for him to run anymore. All right. All right, Russ, thank you very much. And Russ brought up also Ivana, uh, who was President Trump's first wife, uh, suddenly passed away today. Uh, I mean, it was stunning. Um, Cardiac arrest at her New York apartment. Um, I knew Ivana Trump. I had the honor, um, Russ, by the way, of knowing Ivana Trump. And uh, she was an amazing woman and a friend. And I, I just adored Ivana Trump. And she was just an amazing class act and an amazing businesswoman. People don't realize her background. I mean, she just had an extraordinary story coming from, you know, communism and Czechoslovakia coming to America. She was such a, a proud uh, person of freedom and loved this country and loved her family and just uh, just a beautiful person inside and out. And uh, I did an, a rare interview with her. She didn't do a lot of interviews, but I did a rare interview with her a couple of years ago. I'm going to play a little bit of it later on in the show tonight because it just gives you a sense of this remarkable, remarkable woman, um, you know, who was, again, uh, the mother of, you know, of Ivanka, uh, of Don uh, Jr., of also of Eric, um, and also the first wife and stayed very close friends with her former husband, President Trump. So I'm going to play that later on in the show because she was just an amazing, amazing person and left us suddenly way too soon. When we come back, we are going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about President Trump. You just heard uh, he was saying, you know what? He doesn't think Trump should run again. Do you think Trump should run again? And who could beat Trump, whether on the GOP side or on the Democratic side? Uh, I don't think it's going to be Biden on the Democratic side. And Trump, it sure sounds like he's going to run. And I think he'll be the GOP side. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about the big news that President Trump telling New York Magazine, my big decision is not if he's running, but whether he will, quote, go before or after the midterm elections, which is in November. So we could be very soon hearing that President Trump is going to be running for president again. And things are so bad for President Biden. Uh I might even run for president. My goodness, I'm just kidding. We've had people who've been nice and recruited me. You guys have to come in with me if I'm running. It's a full cabinet here. But things are so bad that CNN is blasting President Biden. Take a listen. So we can look at both Joe Biden's disapproval rating on inflation and Joe Biden's disapproval rating overall. And what we see is his, his disapproval rating on inflation is topping 70%. His disapproval rating overall is still in the 50s. But if you compare that to every single other president at this point in the first term, throughout polling history, this goes all the way back since the 1940s, he is the worst on both. And the reason he is the worst overall is because inflation is eating his presidency alive at this point. 
Inflation is eating his presidency and his poll numbers alive. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Line 6. Stan, your thoughts? Uh, first of all, the two gentlemen that talk, Norman and Russell, mental deficients, definitely, with what I heard Michelle Why? Obama Why? talking about. Give me a break with those two people. Let's get something straight. First of all, let me talk about President Biden and that statement he made. How dare you? insult the man when he's talking about that young woman 10 years you were interested in what is mistake i was interested in what he said about the girl oh i was stand stand boy stand stand about that girl stand hang on stand who you are stand boy who you are is over the top tonight you got to get off your medication but listen First off, if you had really been listening clearly we were talking about the terrible instance of the girl uh, for quite some time, because it's a horrible, horrible story. And sadly, that happens over and over again in America. It's a horrible story. I referred to it again just now. But if you had heard earlier, we were talking quite a bit about it. But you can you can continue now, Stan, if you can contain yourself. Go ahead. You weren't interested. You complained. You you criticized what he the, made the mistake. Okay, he made the mistake. But it was what he said about the girl. Stan, I talked about it earlier. Stan, did you listen to the first hour of the show, Stan? In the first hour of the show, I talked extensively about it. I just highlighted it again because he flubs a lot. And unfortunately, it's at important times, like a serious topic like that. Go ahead. Don't get it, Rita. He flubs a lot. But Donald Trump lies a lot. Treats the country terribly a lot. Doesn't like the Constitution a lot. What about the border, Stan? We don't need a president. Stan, what about the border? What about the border? The fact that that border's wide open? You think that that's respecting the Constitution? You think that that's respecting the sovereignty of America? Stan, you got to wake up, get off the medication. I thought you were treating me to dinner. Boy, it's going to be a rough dinner. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a very powerful tribute taking place in Washington, D.C. today. The nation's last World War II Medal of Honor recipient was remembered today inside the U.S. Capitol. The body of Herschel Woody Williams, who I had the honor of having dinner with a number of times and who was one of the greatest American heroes, I think, uh, was lying in state on Thursday today. A congressional tribute was held for the very well-known war hero. Williams died on Wednesday uh, at the age of 98, and he was a legend in his native West Virginia and across America. Anytime I saw him, and I went to a lot of Medal of Honor events, I always tell everybody I felt so honored to be in the company of heroes. He was a rock star. Everybody loved Woody, and he was just such an extraordinary man and such a great patriot and such a wonderful man and full of life and full of love of this country. And his heroism is amazing. Uh, He was under fire for over many crucial hours at the legendary battle for Iwo Jima in World War II. And today, Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, spoke about Herschel Woody Williams. He devoted the rest of his life to helping veterans and Gold Star families and all families, always driven by his motto, 
the cause is greater than I am. Today, we are joined by military leaders and Medal Honor recipients. Let us salute them. Thank you for your presence here today, and that it is a testament to the reverence with which Woody is held by generations of U.S. service members and veterans. And she also talked about how his passing really marks the passing of a generation. With Woody's passing, we have lost a deeply selfless American and a vital link to our nation's greatest generation. His story echoes the service of so many Americans who faced the horrors of war so that liberty might triumph over fascism. Many of them were just 17, 18, 19 years old. They summoned awe-inspiring courage, keeping the flame of democracy burning through our darkest hour. And Herschel Woody Williams, as a young Marine corporal, went ahead of his unit in February 1945, and he eliminated a series of Japanese machine gun positions. Facing small arms fire, Williams fought for four long hours, repeatedly returning to prepare demolition charges and obtain flamethrowers. And he is said to be one of the greatest American heroes ever and sadly has left us way too soon, even though he was 98 years old. And what a great, great American. And I always love our beautiful Support Our Heroes segment. And it's wonderful to be able to honor somebody incredible like him. Uh, We were talking also, by the way, later on in the show, we're going to talk about Ivana Trump tonight. And speaking of uh, the military, I do an event every year that I love. It's called Troopathon um, that I've been hosting and doing it for, gosh, it's like 10 or 12 years at least now. And Ivana Trump came on Troopathon. I had asked her one time, hey, would you come on and support the troops? And she was like, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Anything to honor our great men and women. She was a great patriot. She had such a love and appreciation of the military. And uh, later on in the show tonight, I'm going to play a little clip from an interview that I did with her uh, talking about her life and her role as a mother and her role as a business person and how much she loved her kids and just what a devoted, um, incredible person she was. She uh, passed away, as many of you know, just a few hours ago. Um, and I was in touch with a number of people with the Trump family. And it was it's just a devastating blow. It was not expected. And she had cardiac arrest and was found in her New York apartment today uh, near her staircase. And this was a woman who was full of life. Uh, was an amazing athlete. She was a legendary skier. She was a ski instructor. She was in amazing shape, uh, mentally, physically sharp as a tack. And this was a huge, huge loss. And so we're going to be playing a little bit of an interview. She doesn't do a lot of interviews. And I had the honor of interviewing her a few years ago. And we're going to play a little bit as a tribute to this remarkable, incredible, incredible woman who was just lovely and a friend of mine and a friend to America and a friend to the American military as well. Meantime, we're talking about Nancy Pelosi um, because we just played uh, some comments that she made, beautiful ones about Herschel Woody Williams. Uh, But she didn't make some very nice comments about Donald Trump in the last 24 hours, even though Donald Trump says he is definitely running. Of course, Uh, Ivana Trump uh, was his first wife, um, again, who passed away today. And Trump has said in the last few days in an interview that came out just a few hours ago, that it's not a question 
of if he's going to run, but when he will announce. My big decision will be whether I go before or after the midterm elections, is what he is telling New York Magazine. And some others are saying it may come as early as September. Well, this is what Nancy Pelosi has to say, who always tries to put on the rosy glasses like, oh, Democrats aren't in trouble. Joe Biden's not in trouble. And she pretends like she's not concerned about Donald Trump, even though they're basically doing the third impeachment now with the January 6th hearings. But take a listen to Nancy Pelosi. Trump has indicated that he plans to announce a 2024 run in the next month or so. What impact would that have on the midterms and would it benefit Democrats, in your opinion? Do I ever even mention his name when I even waste my time talking about him? What I will say is, and I'll say this and I've said it again and again, Democrats have absolutely no intention of losing the House in November and the Senate, too. Uh, We are mobilized, we are fortified, we have great candidates, and we have a great – our country is at risk. Our democracy is at risk. But what we are campaigning on are the kitchen table issues that affect America's working families. So they know the difference between a Democratic and Republican administration on top of uh, – Congress on top of which – on top of which our democracy is at stake. I don't speculate on who's running in 2024, even if it's the former occasional occupant of the White House. Whoa, a former occasional occupant of the White House? That's how she basically describes President Trump. Meanwhile, President Biden campaigned in his basement and mentally still in his basement. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. So will it be a Trump-Biden matchup? I think Trump is going to run, and I think he'll get the GOP nomination. But what about Biden? I don't think Biden's going to run. I think the party's going to say, look at this. This is terrible. We need somebody else to be the messenger. 1-800-848-9222. Two, two. Let's go to Lisa. Uh, line one. Go ahead, Lisa. Your thoughts. Hi, Ray. You know, before we start jumping the gun, we have to hope that tr- Trump is alive. None of us are guaranteed to wake up tomorrow morning, you know, and it's a little scary out there. As far as Nancy Pelosi's concerned, she's the last one who needs to talk with all the insider trading that she's done. And Biden and his entire administration, it's time that they charge them with treason. You know, the whole border issue is a huge issue, too. And, you know, Hunter Biden. What about Hunter Biden? Think about how that's going to impact things. You know, if if the Democrats get the House, Lisa, you know that they're going to call for an investigation of Hunter Biden and his funds. And if any money went to the dad or what the dad knew or didn't know um, the border, there'll be there'll be there'll be a lot of issues coming up. Don't you think, Lisa? I hope they go after them. And like I said, it's time for treason. Forget about impeachment. It's treason. Wow, Lisa, you you are fed up. I think so many Americans are so fed up. Lisa, thank you very much for the call. Let's go to Tyrone in the Bronx. Go ahead, Tyrone, line three. Tyrone, are you there? Tyrone, call us back because I hear it bleeping in. Let's go to Marianne on the next line. Marianne, line four. Go ahead, Marianne. Hi, Rita. I am so happy that you pick up my phone call. 
I've been trying for a few days now, but listen, uh, Donald Trump will win against anyone that run against him. He has a, a record that so far in the last years, I think 50 or more years, what he has achieved, nobody has. And now that he already has four years term, he has more experience and he knew and knows how to bring up the economy. That's the biggest problem we, we have and law and order. So you and believe, so you believe, you believe, Marianne, Marianne, hold on a sec. You believe that he's the guy uh, to beat and he is the right person right now. You know, it's interesting, Mayor, because people are looking and saying, boy, he's he's going, God, inflation, you know, under him, the economy was great. The border was secure. He's got a lot that he can sell on if he does decide to run again. Um, powerful points. Marianne, thank you. Let's go to Philip. Next line. Uh, Philip in New Jersey. Go ahead, Phil. Rita, I hate to say this, but the current President Biden has no energy. He's tripping up flight of stairs. He's falling off a bicycle. He can't speak the English language. He's shaking hands with the air. This man is in deep trouble. And if Trump does run, we just have to pray that people don't hate Trump as much as they hate Biden. But uh, I'm a Trump supporter. He's got a huge following. These people are fanatic about him. And uh, and that's why I don't blame January 6th on him, because people will do anything for him. And he didn't literally say anything that they needed to do it, but they will break through walls for that man. And I think the politicians are not they're not normally used to this type of following. They didn't see it. We probably got as close with Reagan with that type of following, but it wasn't this fanatical. I mean, I'm out here in New Jersey and. All I hear about is Trump, and it's kind of like a silent majority. Well, and Phil, as you bring up, you know, it's interesting because there is still such a passion. I mean, you see it at the rallies. Look at the rallies that he's been having uh, for other candidates across the country. And look at the massive crowd he's getting. I mean, is there anybody else who can kind of galvanize a crowd like that um, on the GOP side, you know, and Biden, if he has a rally, you're lucky if three people come out, you know, it's like 30,000 are coming out for Trump, you know, and more. Um, and there is still his crowd is still very passionate and that base is very passionate. And I don't know if anyone else, you know, uh, even within his party can pull out that kind of a crowd right now. Phil, thank you very much. Let's go to Leo uh, in Long Island. Go ahead, Leo, your thoughts on Trump. I'm good real quick. What do you think, Leo? What Does he have yeah, your vote yeah, or yeah. not? Well, first of all, my condolences to Ivanka's family on her passing. Oh, Ivana, it's so sad yeah, about Ivana. Leo, yeah, oh. Long Island, Korea War veteran, 49 to 52. Yeah, and I heard about that last, uh, yes. last standing that passed away. Yes. Yeah, okay. I heard the good news about Donald. He's going to run. I hope so, because he's got my vote. All right. So he's so he's so he's got your vote. Very interesting, Leo. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go to uh, Mordecai. Go ahead. Mordecai, your thoughts. Rita, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, I was telling the screener, I'm, I'm a younger uh, I'm a younger American. I'm uh, in my 20s. I'm about to turn 25. And, um, you know, I was telling all my buddies. Uh, well, I actually wasn't telling who I was voting for, but they were all, you know, going with the emotions. And um, anyone but Trump, right? And uh, it's like 
I hear my friends making the excuses like, oh, yeah, I sold my car. I, I work from home. I, I don't have to worry about the gas prices. And, it's you know, I, you know what it is? I, I'm trying to find a legitimate defense or even a, a encouragement of what's going on, like a positive outlook on what's going on, because you can't polish uh, you know what. And um, I, I'd like to meet the 30 percent who is approving of this so far. That's that's where I'm coming from. I yeah, mean, and, by, and by the way, there have been some other polls too, Mordecai, that have basically said uh, even less than that. There was one that recently came out that 13 percent feel the country is headed in the right direction. I mean, when you hear that, that that is a dismal number for this president, the current one, President Biden. And that's why uh, somebody like a Trump is going, boy, what a mess. Uh, let me get in. And I think there's going to be a lot of Democrats are thinking the same thing. There may be other Republicans, too. Uh, that are going to get in. I think it's going to be a lot of folks saying, boy, what a mess this country's in. And this is not the guy to continue leading it, uh, referring to President Biden. Uh, let's go to uh, Valeria in Florida. Go ahead. Hi, Rita. I'm a first time caller and I really love your show. Thank you. I oh, I'm so glad. To... Awesome. Thank you're you. A, you're a classy and bright lady. You bring bright light into our lives. Thank you and so you're much. Also a very you're also a very patient lady and Stanley was just out of control tonight. And this is my theory. We're my, our country is in the shape that it's. Oops. Victor, uh, Valoria, you just dropped off by accident. Call us back. You were just making a good point, but she was talking about Stan. Uh, I call him Stan, the man who needed to get off the can tonight because he really had a lot going on there. I want to know what was he on tonight? Uh, our past caller who was just like on fire uh, and uh, thought that President Biden wasn't fumbling and bumbling. That's how we know that Stan is on medications because who's thinking that? My goodness. Wow, 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 wow. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. And also a special tribute to Ivana Trump. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And just a few hours ago, uh, the world was stunned to hear this news of Ivana Trump, the ex-wife of former President Donald Trump and the mother of Don Jr., Ivanka and Eric Trump, uh, suddenly passed away at the age of 73. Um, I had the honor of knowing Ivana Trump, and she was an amazing woman, um, really a force of nature, a great athlete. Um, She was an incredible businesswoman, and she was also just an incredible human being. I had the honor of knowing her um, and really just loving her. She was just such a wonderful and inspiring person. And she didn't do a lot of interviews. I had the honor of doing an interview with her just a few years ago. And she talked about fun stories and fun moments with the thing that she was most proud of. Of all the accomplishments, the most important title that she had was mom because she loved her kids. She was just such an incredible mother. And here's a little bit of the interview I did with her. I wanted to share it tonight because I was just heartbroken, as I know many of you were to hear this news. 
There was also another great story you spoke about, Ivanka. And Ivana Trump, you, there's a great story about her going through the punk phase. Um, here she is, you know, a White House advisor, but like a lot of kids, uh, they experiment. And what, she came back with blue hair? <laughs> she came one day, she was 14. She came one day, day home, and her hair was like a light blue. So I immediately went to do Dwayne Reed, bought, bought the bottle of Nice and Easy, Claro, nice and easy. Carl, I came home, I put it off. The blue car was gone in about two hours flat. (laughs) (laughs) You have talked about how you think maybe there might be another Trump in the White House in the future. Do you think that any of the three are capable of maybe being in the White House in the future or in in politics on on a bigger level? I think my two sons are very grounded. They're very happy to be in New York. Uh, Donald Jury has uh, five kids, and, uh, and he's working in Trump Organization. He's very busy. Don, uh, Eric had just baby about two months ago, the first son, and uh, Ivanka is in Washington. And only one thing which I can think, that Ivanka is so, you know, uh, well-educated, you know, well-spoken, well-mattered, and maybe she can be another, the first female president of the United States. Who knows? So that would make you the first mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Makes me the first wife and first mother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be first everything at that point, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the most surprising thing as we talk about Ivanka? Because, of course, you know your kids so well. And you see them there. What are some of the things that you think make her unique and special? Maybe some things we haven't seen in the headlines. Well, Ivanka, you know, she had to go and move from New York, uh, from the penthouse with the three kids and uh, the husband. And she had to go and move to, the, uh, 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 to Washington to buy the new house, new nannies, new activities for the kids. I mean, it really had to be very, very hard for her. So I really salute her of the great work she's doing, and she's the one which is closest to my ex, to Donald, and uh, she says it to him as it is. She doesn't need to pretend, and she doesn't need to make a strategy. She just tells him as it is, how she thinks it. Sometimes he takes it, and he listens, and sometimes he doesn't. Do you think she is probably his closest advisor? Or at least the one who is telling him like it is? I think so, yes. Do you think there are any other people that can kind of tell it to him straight? Uh, I have no idea in the ad- about administration and who is close to him or not close to him. I really don't follow it that, uh, that much. But know that Ivanka can tell you, his father exactly how she feels and how she thinks. And then again, he listens. He's a very good listener. And he's going to take it or he's going to leave it. You never know. Does she know if he's going to take it or if he's going to leave it? What do you think? No, I don't think she knows. But at least you you feel that she doesn't hold anything back when she talks with him? No, I don't think so, no. How important is that relationship? And that must make you very proud to be able to see that relationship with her and with now the president. Well, it is uh, very important. It's a a daughter-father relationship and uh, the fathers are always, you know, the my the little girl and uh, my little everything. So, you know, she's doing all 
you know, she can, and, and she's doing it very, very well. And I think Don is doing fantastic in the White Office. He's doing what is the best for America. And Ivana Trump, as you just heard, passed away again. What a surprise. 73 years old today, suddenly in New York. What a heartbreaking situation. What a remarkable story of her life uh, leaving, you know, communist rule in the former Czechoslovakia leaves in 1970s and she marries Donald Trump in 1977. Wow, she will be missed. Real quick, let's go to Valeria. Call back again from Florida. Go ahead, Valeria, real quick. Hi, thank you for that beautiful interview. If there's a way you can make the entire interview available, many of us Ivana fans, I lived in Manhattan in the late 70s. Our paths always crossed, but I never met her, but I did meet Don Jr. at his book signing, and he has beautiful stories about his mom. Absolutely, Valeria. I love that idea. I'm going to put that up online and greatly appreciate you saying that. She was just a remarkable woman. And boy, what a legend and what a legendary family. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 